Welcome back into episode two of the Embrace the Grind podcast. I am your host, Lucas Kaser, and today I'm joined by my good buddy, Max the Animal, or Animal for short, and we are talking about what the NFL season will look like without fans this year, or maybe with fans or condensed fans. We don't know what it's going to look like, so we discuss a little bit about that, and we also talk about my favorite team as well as his favorite team, the Denver Broncos, and maybe why we're a little bullish on them, maybe why we're scared about their season. But either way, it was a great time. So I hope you enjoy listening. Make sure to subscribe down below. Comment, like, review, anything. You can find me on Twitter at Kaser underscore Lucas. And before we start the podcast, let's hit that intro. Welcome in, everybody. Today we have a special guest, fellow Broncos fan sufferer i don't know whatever you want to call us no, we're uh, a we're, happy fan base we're happy fan base we're not actually in denver um, as you can see my ears are kind of cut off but this got the virtual backgrounds um but today we're going to talk about really the nfl season and if we're going to be able to attend games what it might look like and then obviously as you can see that about the broncos and how good or how not good we're going to be so before we start max how you doing I'm great. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. I, any you know, time I can talk about Broncos is always uh, something I would look forward to. So, and something I really haven't gotten to do a lot of since I've really gotten into this business. So, you know, I, I'm very, very, very excited for sure. I know. I feel like every time it gets brought up on um, the, oh, this YouTube or Twitter, yeah, Snacks is always there responding or Nick's just like, shut up. So, yeah, a lot of a shut good, ups. Yeah, a of good opportunity uh-huh. for sure. All right, so let's just get right into it. So the first question, I mean, what, what, what the hell is the NFL season even going to look like? No fans, I don't know, restricted fans. What, do you, what are you thinking as of now? So, it's, I mean, it's definitely leaning towards at least uh, restricted fans, like a certain amount of like, you know, half the stadium. I don't know exactly what they're going to do. But, I mean, it, just with the way things are going, there's no way they're going to be back to business as usual, just fans in the stadiums. For me, honestly – I just need games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, and from, you know, a Broncos fan living in New Jersey, I don't get to go to games a lot. So it's really something that hasn't been on my mind. Someone like Snacks who goes and tailgates and goes to the games, it would affect them. But, I mean, I think that's what we're looking at, though. Definitely a, a limited amount of fans allowed in stadiums. Yeah, I think that's – I don't know. It's tough for me to, like, gauge because, to me, it really doesn't change much compared to having full stadiums. I don't know how much it – really would help. But I think there was a report yesterday, whenever people were hearing this last week, um, that they're going to limit preseason games. I don't know to what extent if they're limiting all or half or however they're going to cut it, but it sounds like they're definitely taking precautions. Um, but with the NBA and the NHL and golf starting back up today and all that stuff, it seems as if it's going to happen. Yeah. I, and, you know, we still have time. Like the NFL is still months away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess we can hope. I think I heard one – I don't know if it was actually true – on a podcast where they – for training camp, they're going to quarantine them, like, together as a team. Like, so they go to training camp and they're there for, like, the three weeks or two weeks or however long it lasts. So, Keep them in. Yeah, I don't – do you think that would – I don't know. Like, do you think that would affect anything in terms of, like, the overall outcome of the season or, like, how it would affect the players or – No, it's – I mean, it's – obviously, it's for safety reasons. But, I mean, the only problem is – are they going to do that all season? Because as soon as these people go home, they go out, you know, they go out to dinner or whatever it is they go to do, they're back with their families, seeing other people, then it won't matter how long they were quarantined together 
as a team, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's going to be something that they're going to have to figure out. And hopefully the other sports that are going on or coming back soon will have some type of a, a plan in place that has already worked that the NFL can use as like a guideline. Yeah, I think – because I know the NBA is going to Orlando. I'm not for sure the exact rules as if they have to like – stay in a hotel room when they're not playing or how that whole dynamic Yeah, well, works. that was the big issue. It's like you're going to quarantine them to like one place, but when they go out and they come back in, it doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it should be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't, that's just kind of weird to me. Um, so really, I guess any like save no fans, do you think like in the grand scheme of, I don't know, wins, losses, scoring, anything like that, do you think it will actually – really affect anything when we look back at it after? Didn't it go to be football as usual? Uh, yeah, I think it might be, like, weird for the first game. And, but, like, it's it maybe even just, like, the first play. But, like, once the ball is snapped, business as usual. The players are going to go right back to playing the same way they were. They might not get those little extra, like, you know, pushes on, like, a third down where, like, the fans are, are roaring. And you get, like, the, uh, you know, the adrenaline from the, the crowd noise for, like, for the home team, like, like Denver, you're playing in mile high, you know, the fans are very loud and it can be very good for the, you know, the offense or even our, our defense when the offense is on the field. If we're really loud, you know, the offense can struggle getting the mm-hmm. plays in, calling audibles, it helps. So like those little things, yeah, but I don't know how much we'll really even notice it from, you know, being fans sitting on our couches. I guess you'll yeah. have to see. I mean, certain stadiums, definitely. I mean, Kansas City Arrowhead is one of the loudest stadiums, if not the loudest. So there's definitely an advantage for them when they're playing at home. It's a hard stadium to play in. So do you think it erases home field advantage? And I know, I know like from a betting purpose, it's like the two and a half point uh, initial spread for home field. Do you think that not in terms of like the spread, but just gets wiped in general? No, nah, because the team still got to travel there. They still have to you know, play in, you know, they're going to a locker room they're not familiar with. Or there's so many different, like, things. They're sleeping in a different bed, you know. So, yeah, there's still advantages to being the home team. It's just that, you know, and I was reading things. They might be pumping crowd noises in and stuff like that. I don't know if that's just for uh, you know, us at home, our entertainment, or if they'd be doing it in yeah, the players here too. But, like, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons already did that shit. They had – they they're pumping some fan noise in years ago. So, I mean, it works. Yeah, I don't know. That'll be that's that's weird because like, can you change like the pitch of the crowd and like the well, tone of the crowd? Weird. Yeah, I don't know if you that really would really need the out. fans to step it up. Are you just going like, to turn the knob a little bit? Like, how's yeah, that fair? <laughs> the announcers up in the booth pressing buttons. Yeah. That'd be that'd be definitely funny. And I think uh, one more thing, and then we can move off of the whole coronavirus aspect. Uh, Warren Sharp put out a tweet a while back when the schedule got made, saying that teams like weren't gonna. I don't know, say the Broncos go to Kansas City and then they have a bye week and then they play in Kansas City or they wouldn't do that, I guess. But just a – or New York would be a good example. The Broncos go play the Giants and then they play the Jets the next week. He basically said, like, teams – New York. Yeah, teams aren't going to move. And I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but it was very surprisingly unfavorable in the second game for the teams, which was kind of weird in terms of, like, a just the money line, so which is just win or, win or lose. Because um, well, you're, like, saying it for the away team? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, makes sense. Yeah. Cause I think they'd have to practice in their non Yeah, You're not practicing in your facility. There's so many little things like you don't have your, your ice bath fucking you know, machine yeah. that you really like. It's that one that you fit in better. And who knows what these players have their little rituals and stuff. So being at home is a huge advantage, whether so you're, you're fans or not. 
you have to you have to take that into account for bagels and locks and not tell snacks about that or something when it comes <laughs> down to it. Snacks can't figure anything out. He's That's so true. lost right now. You are you are the champion, anyways. All righty. So let's get into the Broncos talks. I'm sure people have already heard too much NFL coronavirus talk. Um, so just to just start it off, basic recap of what happened this offseason and just your initial thoughts right out of the gate. Uh, so I initially like pretty much everything we did. I'm happy with the signing of Pat Shermer of getting in a, an offensive coordinator who was successful as an offensive coordinator, not so much as a head coach. I think that when you get those guys that he's just an offensive coordinator, that's what he should have been doing the whole time. That's what he's going to be doing now. So I think he'll find success there again. And then I really like the additions we made player-wise. Jarrell Casey was an absolute steal. We got him for a seventh-round pick. Sure, we got to pay his salary, but the guy's worth it, I think. I think he's still going to be able to ball out. We re-signed Shelby Harris. So that's another – that was a discount, too. Like, we got him for Mm -hmm. nothing because he's on a one-year deal. So I love that. So our D-line is stacked. Uh, We lost Derek Wolf, I know. But yeah, Derek Wolf, whatever – he was getting hurt all the time anyway. And, yeah, he was a solid player. I love Derek Wolf. Thankful for everything he did. But we got good replacements coming in, so I'm not worried about that. We got A.J. Boyer. We got Graham Glasgow. We got Melvin Gordon. Like, we're just, we're just getting all these guys that every time we signed someone or we traded for them, I was like, oh, I like that. I like that player. I like that name. Like, I feel good. I'm feeling really good. And then, I yeah. sure you know, we drafted – very well. Beautiful, yeah. I think back on the free agency, I think a lot of the moves surprised me, to be honest. Like, I wasn't expecting a running back at all. Like, maybe they said maybe the drafts. I was thinking, like, I don't know, a third, fourth round, Darrington Evans, Eno Benjamin, guy like that that just to, like, change off pace because Royce Freeman hasn't – actually, he really hasn't played that bad. I don't bad. Think it, Royce Freeman was that bad. Yeah, I think he just was, like, scapegoat for the fact that Scandrello ran a really shitty offense. Yeah, so we'll see kind of how that dynamic works with three running backs. But, like, the Jarrell Casey move, that's not a move at least I've seen the Broncos make since I've been a Broncos fan. I know you're a little older than me, but even back then it was completely different NFL. But, like, trading a seventh-round pick for – I don't even know who they got with that seventh-round pick for all, all pro, like, two years ago, D lineman to take the money. Hey, that's not – usually the Broncos are the ones getting rid of the money we see every single year. Yeah. So I think that was definitely huge. And then, I mean, yeah, Bouye, that was a good – I think it was a good to solidify losing Chris Harris. We'll see how – I would have loved to keep Chris Harris, obviously. I feel like instead of keeping Chris Harris, we basically swapped him for Melvin Gordon because the contracts kind of evened out to, like, what he Mm -hmm. got from the Chargers and what we gave Melvin. So I would have rather had Chris Harris over Melvin Gordon. I mean, I think that's obvious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we'll see kind of how the – because to me, I think the corners were our biggest downfall last year. And then you could tell biggest question mark too. I think going into the season. Yeah, because they got a um, guy from Iowa, Ojemudier, signed yeah. back Devonte Bosby, and then Bouye, and then who knows about Callahan? Callahan was a big mystery. Yeah, I was pumped on him last year, thinking our defense was unstoppable. And then I don't even know if he played a full game, to be honest. I don't and, think he played a snap. I don't even know if he ever stepped on the field. Yeah, I do. He so made we'll $8 see. Million dollars yeah. to do nothing. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was one of uh, Fangio's guys, I guess, bringing him over from the Bears. Well, he's, he's a great slot corner. When he's on the field, he's awesome. It's just he's injury problems, and they, they plague him, and they're, they're still plaguing him, so that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to think who else. I think that's all the defensive signings. We, yeah, because we, well, we, we don't have Justin Simmons back yet, I guess. He's on a franchise tag, so we'll see yeah. how that – We're going to make sure that happens, I think. He's too good. We drafted mm, yeah. him in like the fourth round, fourth, fifth round, right? He's a fourth rounder. 
Yeah, somewhere third, fourth like, rounder up there. Like you want to keep those guys that you those those gems. Those, mm, yeah, those, those and gems it sounds like it sounds like they just tagged him and were like, "We're gonna get a deal done. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about it." Type thing. It's the the anti Dak scenario, I guess you could say, for the team. And then yeah, the draft. I mean, I think the only complaint I'd have with the draft is. We got okay. Cushenberry, but I – yeah, we, we – Garrett Bowles is so bad. Like, yeah. I, 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 I like Hamler, I guess, but, like, we didn't really need him. We didn't need him. Super, he's uh, probably – realistically, he probably – like, he'll get on the field this year, but, like, Tim Patrick's going to be the wide mm-hmm. receiver three, and I think Hamler will, like, rotate in and out of the slot or something. Like, yeah, I, 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 I don't, don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I would love for him to be great, but, like, we already have a Penn State wide receiver on the team who – hasn't done shit so yeah so I, yeah I, the only that, that was the only pick because I wanted Josh Jones there I think that would have been a perfect uh pairing with Bowles because it sounds like Bowles and um Wilkinson are going to battle it out for the left tackle is what it, what it sounds like as of now because it sounds like Cushenberry is going to start at the right guard I guess is he not so, going to be the center and Glasgow is going to play center? Like, what are they going to do there? Yeah, I think – well, from what I'm hearing, I guess, but that means literally nothing. I guess it sounds like uh, Bowles and Wilkinson. Um, They're going to be the left tackle competition. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think of the left. Uh, so then center would be Glasgow, right guard, Cushenberry, right tackle, Jawan James, if he stays healthy too. That was another, another interesting – Yeah, so we'll see with our that. Tackles think... and our, corners back. our tackles and our cornerbacks are two biggest concerns – which, yeah, it's a problem, but, I mean, I think, I think they're easily fixable. Yeah, and I think the O-line, like, it's bad, but it really wasn't bad last year. I mean, I think the first couple of games, Flacco took some hits, but as the season progressed, it really wasn't much of an issue. And I think the yeah. corner, to me, was the, the biggest issue, and we kind of fixed that, I guess. I like Ojemudie, but I don't know about our cornerback two situation, so we'll, I guess, evaluate that as we – because, I mean, we gotta, yeah. we got to keep up with the teams we're – trying to be like now at the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Chargers too. So we'll mm-hmm. see how that goes. And yeah, the receivers, I don't know. Just because Judy's going to play the slot probably. So where, where's he, Hamler? If he doesn't play the slot, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> because he's a slot receiver. Like that's where he's a big slot. That's where he belongs. And he will, he can create separation against cornerbacks and everybody. But if you put like a linebacker on him, right, there's no chance they're covering him. He's going mm-hmm. his, to, I think his over under is 850 receiving yards. Roughly, he yeah, that's where his, a lot of them are. If he gets over 50% of his snaps in the slot, 60% of his snaps in the slot, he should hit that mark. No problem. Yeah, you'd think so, especially when Shermer – well, the one thing we can talk about too is Shermer's like passer, passing rate overall is like 62%, I think. But then they go out and get Melvin Gordon. So, like, I'm, I don't know how you feel. I'm kind of torn to see – because I think we're going to run a lot of 11, 11 personnel. And if people listening don't know what that is, it's – one tight end, one running back, three receivers. Um, it doesn't have to be a tight end. I guess it has to be on the lines. It could be a fullback. Mm. Do you think they're going to try and air it out, or do you think adding a guy like Gordon – like, I'm just kind of contradicting what I think because I don't know if they're going to let Drew Locke completely air it out right away. So what are you thinking? I think they're going to want to see him throw it. I don't know how much. But, I mean, the fact that we have Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, so you got – like, Lindsay's going to – hopefully this is how I see it at least. Lindsay will be your in-between tackle runner – He'll get all the inside work or most of the inside work. And then Melvin Gordon's going to be the third down, pass catching back in on all those other um, packages where, you know, you can you get those quick dump offs of the screens mm-hmm. where, where he does his best work. That's really where Melvin Gordon is useful, is, is in the open field catching passes. Yeah, so I, it's, 
that's where I just kind of contradict myself because then we also have the O-line coach that I always forget his name every time I mention him from the Steelers. Munchak. Yeah, and he runs a zone-based scheme, and that doesn't benefit passing offenses. So, like, that's where I'm kind of confused. Well, we're also a big uh, play action. So, that's you know, true. we're going we're mm-hmm. to run a lot, and then we're going to play action. And Drew Locke, I mean – he was running play action last year. I, I, was, I mean, I don't have any numbers and stats. Yeah, he had to, though. You watch his highlights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of his throws were off of play action. So, mm-hmm. How do you think uh, the, the, the tight end situation? Because now we have three starting tight ends with Nick Vanette, Albert O, and Noah Fant. How do you think that's going to play out? I mean, I think Fant is obviously the favorite. He should be, He's, at least for the, the pass catching mm-hmm. portion of being the, the vertical tight end. I don't know who's the better blocker. I mean, Albert O is uh, probably still – he's just like a fast, tight – Yeah, know, you're like a 4-3-8 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the guy's a, quick. A, a freak when it comes to, you know, size and speed. So, you're going to want him out there trying to catch balls. It's just – this is, seems to be like the problem that everyone's kind of talking about is there's too many weapons. It's not like a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a good problem to have. But, like, you got so many weapons out there. Who's going to be the one getting the ball? And it's going to be a week-to-week thing for fantasy – is where it's going to get messy. Yeah, I think the one good thing I will say about that is it's not a lot of repeating roles. So, like, Sutton, like, he's probably the alpha, you could say, or the possession guy. Judy is probably, like, in terms of production, probably going to be the alpha eventually, but he's just the slot guy. And then Patrick's just kind of there. He just kind of draws off coverage, catches the ball here and there. And I think, oh, I hope we drafted Hamler to give him five to six, like, manufactured touches a game to make mm-hmm. sure he gets the ball on uh, positive plays. And fan, I don't really know. I mean, I you would think they'd have a huge role for him after drafting him around one last year, but yeah, I, don't I get, know what they did with that. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see any of Alberto, Noah Fan, maybe Vinette plays fullback because we got rid of Janovich. So I'm kind of confused on sort of the plan of attack. Well, I don't there. think Shermer uses a fullback in his offense, which is why we got rid of Janovich. Which mm-hmm. I was so, very sad to see him go. He's one of my favorite Broncos. He's a beast, a Nebraska guy. For, I think we 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 got him six round pick, so I guess we yeah he's a beast. We just moved, fucking we moved. ran into people really hard, and like I enjoyed watching it. I remember he scored. I don't know if it was his rookie year. He scored the against the Panthers after winning the Super Bowl. Like the first touchdown, I think it was his rookie year, maybe or maybe year after. Uh, it was, year. The, was the year after the Super Bowl when we played them week one? Yeah, on Thursday night. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember he ran like a thirty yard touchdown. It was pretty cool. Yeah, he's a beast. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a lot to like digest. I think, and normally we'd have practices and training camps to maybe pick it apart so you have to wait a whole other month for that really to happen it sounds like they had uh uh the d coordinator um had a press conference today or zoom conference today and they were hyping up hyping up uh drew lock and all that stuff like everyone is Mm -hmm. so so on on drew lock i know you're wearing the jersey right now is is he really it is he is he what we've been waiting for (sighs) really since Ever, I mean, like, since, I mean, like, I get Manning, but like, we just signed him, like, since Tebow. Is he the franchise quarterback? I, you know, so I feel like franchise quarterbacks today and like today's NFL is like a, a six-year window, seven-year window, because you don't really see those 10, 12, 13, no. 14, like, 15-year guys anymore. Like, even like people who were saying like Carson Wentz would be a franchise quarterback, I don't think he's going to be in the league in like four years. The guys mm-hmm. just don't hold up the same way. So like. Have that true franchise quarterback? I don't know. Is he going to be the quarterback of the Broncos for the next four years? Four, four, yeah, I'll say yes. I'm going to go ahead. I think that they like what they've seen enough. And it's only a small sample size, too. 
they like what they've seen enough to give him all these weapons, to give him the opportunity to, to get it done. So, I mean, we took him in the second round. We're going to give him a chance. We're not going to just throw him away. I don't know, man. I want to say, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be confident. That's why I got the jersey. That's why I got the jersey because right. it's positive thinking. I'm just going to believe that he is the answer for us right now is what we need. I, I think I'm a little hesitant because the last time I brought, bought a Broncos quarterback jersey after Manning was Osweiler, and that all Oof. happened. So I, I like to stay um, – well, one, I don't buy quarterback jerseys now. That's why I wear the Von Miller one all the time, and I just don't like to say anything. But I, I think when – I don't like people projecting what he did in the four games because he really didn't play, like, fantastic in the four games. He just beat the Texans that one time, and, like, he didn't play fantastic really in that game. There's just a bunch of open plays. So, I don't know. I, I hope I hope that I – mean, because the thing is, I think if we're bad, our team is good enough to where we're not going to have a top pick. So, we're never going to be in that top six pick range to get a future quarterback in the next three, four years with a defense that somehow, no matter well, how depleted we are, is always good. Here's what I – with, with John Elway, my only – I don't know if it's more of a concern or, like, a, I'm kind of happy about it, but, like, I think if, like, by, like, week six or seven before, like, the trade deadline or even, like, we'll see what happens with who gets signed or whatnot. But if Drew Locke is not doing well, like, six, seven weeks in, John Elway is the kind of guy, I think, who would go out and get, like, a Cam Newton if he was still available or, like, try and trade for Jameis Winston. Like, get one of those guys that's on a roster right now that's sitting there and shouldn't be, like, should be starting and isn't. Because he wants to win championships. That's what John Elway wants to do. He wants to win Super Bowls. And he knows what he needs to do to do it. So he's trying this. I think if he sees it's not working, he'll, he'll jump ship, fuck you, Drew Locke, and go get a veteran guy yeah. and see what he can do. I, I hope so. The, the one thing that was worried some to me is we, got, we just cut Joe Flacco and took the cap hit when we like, – it didn't make any sense, I guess. So, like, that means, shows to me, like, they're all in on Drew Locke mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, there's no – you can't decide anything else because I think – Brett Ripon's still there, and Jeff Driscoll, I think, is Jeff our Driscott. backup. So, yeah, hey, fantasy god for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, that part was confusing. Maybe Flacco just wanted out, and they just didn't, like, tell anyone type thing, I guess. I don't really he's know. Like, fucked up, man. He's like – he's a – we don't need that on the team right now. Just no, he, he just last year was like – didn't look like he wanted to be there in the games. He would just throw it away. With, looked like that his entire career. That's true. He has a Super Bowl ring, though, I guess. So I don't. Now he's over in uh, the the Jets. That's so gross. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, Drew Locke, we hope so. Oh, God. We'll we'll just Just pray. Just be positive, man. We just got to be positive. And I think in today's NFL, he's going to be fine. I think he's going to work. All right. We can can hope so. I mean, as long as the O line keeps up, our defense is good and we have the weapons, I feel like. At worst, like eight and eight should be reasonable. Um, we, we also have a, a super underrated defense that mm-hmm. I think is only going to be improved upon from last year. You know, a lot of those guys in season in uh, year two of Fangio's defense in the system, I think they'll pick it up better. You saw at the end of the season how much better the defense was from yeah. the beginning. And even Fangio as a coach with his game management got so much better. He was terrible the first couple of games, calling stupid timeouts, making terrible decisions. So – you know, bright future. I'm I'm positive about this season. I know we gotta be. Um, so I guess on top of the defense, is there really a couple of guy or two that you think might have a sort of breakout season that's probably not being named quite a bit, I guess you could say. I know there's a couple of rookies. Um Kareem Jackson, Bryce Collin comes back, Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb comes back, hopefully, stuff stuff like that. 
Um, I mean, yeah, so Bradley Chubb, I would hope, has a nice comeback year because that's, you know, first first round draft pick and we need him to produce like that. You know, he got hurt, so that happened, just whatever. I'd say a guy that, like, we don't talk about enough who kind of was emerging last year, never really emerged, Alexander Johnson, our, mm-hmm. our linebacker. He's, I mean, it's between him, Todd Davis, and Josie Jewell, those are like the three guys. And then we drafted someone in the draft, but he's probably not a threat. So I think, you know, and I, all I've seen is positive reports from Vic Fangio talking about how, how much he's improved and all this stuff. And he's got an awesome nickname. Isn't it like the Velociraptor or whatever? Something so, like that. I follow him on Twitter. I think that's his name. But yeah, he, yeah, like, that's he awesome stood out nickname. to me. So, and, and Fangio's one of those guys. So this is why I thought of it too. Fangio's one of those guys where he's had a history of, of I don't want to say breeding, but like making these awesome middle linebackers, these awesome linebackers, he, you know, just helping that, like, you know, uh, Patrick Willis and uh, – yeah. Kind of the Bears. Well, I mean, Roquan Smith had a really good rookie year, too. Roquan Smith had a really good rookie year, but there was one other one in there. But, like, exactly. So, like, he makes these middle linebackers so much better than what they, they are and shows their true potential. So, that's why I'm excited for him this year. Yeah, he kind of – I didn't even know he was – like, I knew he was on the team. I didn't know he was going to play a lot right away week one um, come last year. He came out of nowhere. Be, it was crazy. I figured it would be Todd Davis and then Josie Jewell as the, the sub-line – well, not the sub-linebacker, but the rotational linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, he, so it was it, it was good because I think back to when we were in the Super Bowl, we were in contention. We had a rotation of three to four really good linebackers that were just tackling machines because the way our defense works, you have to be. That's why our D tackles always get paid when they leave because they get like, I don't know how much tackles they get, whatever the makes them seem good because no one's going to run to the outside on Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. So it's kind of reassuring that they're there, I guess. Then you got Kareem Jackson played okay in the games. He was injured. He's also – kind of an older guy anyway, so we'll kind of see how that rotation goes um, with him. I don't Because I, I wish he would play corner, to be honest. I figured oh, – I, I don't know. Safety. Especially last year. When you get older. When you That's get older, true. you got to – you can't – he can't be playing man on someone. You got to stick him in the, in the back of there. He's a big hitter. So, like, as a safety, I think that was – Perfect form. Just give him another year in the system. We'll be good to go. All right. So we'll move on to sort of the schedule, maybe a record prediction, a couple of games that we want to talk about here. Um, so give me – I'm not even going to say realistic or unrealistic. Just give me, like, your thoughts on, like, a record prediction or maybe a range of outcomes for the Broncos as of now. All right. So, I mean, this was my prediction for last year. So I'm going to stick with the same prediction because I think we're – we're better than last year, and this actually will be realistic now. 10-6. 10-6, playoffs, and we'll see what happens after that. I don't know if we're good enough. We're too young probably on the offensive side. But 10-6. Yeah, the, the, one big- the one game I don't want to draw is the Chiefs round one in the playoffs. That would just crush my hopes because as much as I want Honestly, us to beat the Chiefs, I don't – I don't hate that. I like, Listen, we've played the Chiefs every year, twice a year, and we play them tight every single time. Last year, I mean, was it was it last year or two years ago, Patrick Mahomes had to throw a left-handed pass to beat us. Like, That's true. And we switched and, to I man mean, coverage la- on Tyreek Hill last the year, game, too. Last year, we did get smoked by their backup, I think, that one game. So, yeah, he yeah. got hurt quarter game. two, I think. And then the snow game, like Drew Locke's like, third game ever in the snow in Kansas City. Like, good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so last year, not so much, but, you know, we, you know, we weren't going through some shit. We had a steady team. We always play the Chiefs tight, so I'm not too worried about yeah. that. They're definitely, 
one of those teams where uh, on the schedule this year, we've got to beat them once. Got to win one mm-hmm. game. It's pretty – the AFC is pretty open, though. I'm not going to say because of Tom Brady because I think it kind of evened out overall. I mean, the Ravens are just the Ravens. The Chiefs are still good. But, I mean, it took them 50 years to win a Super Bowl, so we're not even going to talk about that, I guess. So Super Bowl slump coming, too, by the way. Get ready for it. Yeah, probably, we'll see. Probably we'll won't long. even win the division. Be surprised if they do, Oof. to be honest with you. I mean, we got a pretty tough division too. I think I think the Chargers are going to surprise people because Chris Harris is their third nah, corner is crazy. I think the Chargers are absolute butt. They're going to be like they're going to have like the third pick. The Raiders will surprise people. A very yeah. good offensive line, a lot of weapons, and Derek Carr is super underrated. So yeah, I just don't. I don't. I think John Gruden will mess that up somehow. He'll make some dumb. John Gruden gets thing. unnecessary hate for no reason. So I will say, yeah, I, I think I John. Much better of a coach than people give him credit for. It's just like they just like to joke about him because Frank Caliendo can do his accent. Mm. All right, it's so a ten and six. So uh, if you're listening on podcast, you obviously can't see the schedule. I'll put it up on on YouTube for people to see. So obviously, you said to split with the Chiefs, which I hope that's the case. Um, besides that, what games probably stick out to you the most in terms of like these are probably the biggest games of the year due to whatever reason might be. Well, I mean. All division games will get that out of the way. But outside of that, the Titans, Monday Night Football. Yep. I think week one. Is that mm-hmm. right? Is that week yep. one? It's the 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 night night game. Like the one that's like, yeah, like it's like, like nine your time. Game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like that's a huge game, number one, because it's week one. Number two, it's the Tennessee Titans who finished the season very strong last year and are gonna be coming in hungry. So it'll be a good way to test kind of where we're at coming in. We got a pretty tough opening three with the Titans, Big Ben's back with the Steelers, and then Brady comes to Denver. But one, we always play really good, except for last year, opening week in Denver on those those night-night games. Because mm-hmm. um, especially this year, I think teams aren't going to be in peak condition and they're going to come play in the well, the mile-high air. I'm playing mile-high. And Derrick Henry, I mean, is he really going to get 30 carries? Is he gonna, I mean, we always shut down. We, he, we held him to, what, zero points in like 30 yards the one game in the regular season last year. So <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was the week also, I told everyone to go bet on Derrick Henry for over his rushing yards for the game, and he didn't hit it. Because we were yeah, like a terrible – our run defense was terrible, like leading up to that week. And then mm-hmm. we just decided to shut down Derrick Henry. We always seem to step up against, like, the really good running backs. Like, I remember two or three years ago, we put Zeke at, like, 20 yards when, like, the Cowboys were, like, we were 2-0, yeah. and they were 2-0. and So, like, we always seem to show up on that. So, I'm hoping. I mean, I, I think the rotation of corners and safeties can lock down A.J. Brown. And besides that, all you got to do is stop Derrick Henry. So, that's a big game. And then we go to Pittsburgh. I don't even know how to evaluate that game because, like, Big Ben doesn't play that great against the Broncos anyways. Yeah, I'm not really we'll too see. worried about them. They're they're kind of one of those teams that's trying to figure out their bounce back. So I'll let them figure that out while and we're the, on the rise. The third game. This is the game. I, well, me and my dad, if if there's fans, we plan on going to this game. Brady's coming to Denver with his new um, posse of players. They're practicing mm-hmm. today, apparently. I don't really know. So Brady in Denver is not good. It's the only team he has a losing record against, and I'm pumped for this game because I think if yep. we can come out two and zero, they play the Saints week one, so they could lose that game. I'm not for sure who they play week two. I think it'll be a big game. I think this would be the, that'd be like the turning point game you could say to really see what this team is made of. So I'd probably rank that game number one. I mean the Chiefs probably, but yeah, I'd probably rank that game number the, one. The Bucks are one of those teams that people are picking to win Super Bowl this year because of Tom Brady and everything. So if we can beat them, I all feel really good. I'll feel really good. And then we go into the Jets and the Dolphins and the Tom Brady-less Patriots. So it's kind of like that. that's not a, worried. 
huge for first three stretch. Um, and that, the graphic also like is based on win totals. So by then it, Sam Darnold could be benched for Joe Flacco. Adam Gase could not be there, stuff like that in week four. So, yeah, I think those are some big games for sure. We play the Saints on Thanksgiving week. That was the last one I had on there is like a, a big game where – because if, we, if we're trying to compete, we're trying to be a playoff team, that's a playoff team. you got to be able to hang. So, let's see. Let's see what happens. Yeah, that'll be – because if I remember, that one's in – is that one in Denver or is it uh, – I couldn't tell you. We can find schedule. That's in Denver, yes. Okay, so yeah, that'd be that'd be huge, especially because Thanksgiving week usually the the away team has, I mean, for obvious reasons, the struggles to sometimes be fully committed there. But it's Drew Brees. I'm not super worried at all. Apparently, he might not even be the starter now with the comments he made. So we'll see how that <laughs> plays out for them. But yeah, I think there's a couple big games for sure. Um, I wish we w- wish we would have had last year's schedule this year because last year's schedule was a lot easier in the time we really didn't need it to be, and we dropped so many close games, so it didn't really help us at all yeah for that's sure. another thing of a reason why i'm very confident that we will be an improved team because we lost games last year at the end of the, like like literally like a minute left in the game like the fucking jaguars game where yeah, packers that, bears oh yeah exactly yeah. that was three weeks in a row right there and mm-hmm. even that the, the was a week one against the raiders was a touchdown like we lost like i think seven games by one score so we're mm-hmm. right there so yeah the, the little, colts little too little I stupid think we're mistakes there. yeah colts were well, Joe Jacoby Brissett was running fucking wild, and there was a hold they didn't call it. And just, yeah, I mean, there there was a couple. I know, I know the Bears game, the whole pass interference or roughing the passer. Oh, yeah, roughing the passer for the it was it the Jaguars, or the Bears. I don't even know. There were all so many yeah. crazy endings to the Broncos' first five six games. So, but uh, yeah, but I think a couple some of that was Fangio's fault. There was a couple spots where he used dumb timeouts and didn't use dumb timeouts and stuff like that. So we'll see if he can improve. But yeah, I agree. I think that we're right. I think we're an eight and eight team with the potential to be ten and six very easily to compete, especially because now the offensive weapons, which I hope it clicks. It's going to be tough um, with without where we hope a full off season. Because I think Shermer really needed the time to figure out what he wants to do because we have a lot of weapons. I don't know if Deontay Spencer is still there. I was going to ask about that too. Sort of the CFL kind of KJ Ham, yeah KJ Hamler. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how if he can get mixed in too because he was pretty efficient last year and was good for what Hamler's role hopefully is with motions and all that stuff too. So we can hope that happens um, as well. Um, so then the last, I mean, the last one, we're talking about playoffs. It sounds like we're talking about playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that, at least a wild card. I feel like it's, I'm, I'm trying to think of like other teams in the AFC. And I think there's no reason for us to not be a top six team. I mean, we can go through it. So seven, right? What is, did they change the format? It's seven, it's seven this year. Sixteen games and oh, seven, right. and then next year's seventeen and seven. So, so I mean, if you go seven. through, yeah. So if you go through it, I mean, we'll just say Chiefs, Ravens, yeah. um, Bills. I guess I don't. I don't know who wins that division. Um, yeah, probably. And then the uh, the Colts division. I don't know. And all four of them, really, all three, probably. I guess could Colts, Titans, us. Yeah. Reasonable. I think the Texans are close to us, I think. I mean, like, they always seem to they're, somehow, they're somehow taking, be there. They, maybe last year, not this year. Yeah. Um, They've been Raiders, on the cusp yeah. of being a losing team every year for years now. It's finally coming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a uh, range for sure that we could definitely hit. I hope so, too. I mean, because the seven plays the what? The two, I guess. So, I, that's probably the Chiefs or the Ravens. But if we can somehow snag the six and draw, like, the Colts or something, I think that would be huge to move Ravens on. Ravens haven't played very well in the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. So, it's two years in a row he's struggled or the team has struggled. And so, 
I wouldn't mind playing them. Fuck them up. Yeah, you mean just spy Von Miller and Bradley <laughs> Chubb on them too? I mean, just run, just run all over them. Like, apparently, that's the way to – that's their kryptonite, I guess, last yeah. year we saw. All righty, we'll finish it off here with some of your – just some of your bold takes. So, so if people are listening, you don't, they don't know you are the Bagels and Locks 2019-2020 champion. You came back to beat Snacks um, in, in a very, well, last-minute last, last minute fashion, you could say. So – Came down to the last week. It did. It did. It was, it was pretty intense. I was rooting for you the whole time, mainly just Appreciate to make snacks mad on, mad on Twitter. So, Super Bowl, just go your pairing. Give me a realistic, like if you were to place a bet on it, you and snacks, I and mean, give me just like a fun one or one that could happen that would be fun to see. Uh, I wanted to say the Ravens earlier, but like I, I just brought up the fact that they kind of choke in the playoffs, so I'm going to scratch that. I'm going to go with my, my NFC team. And, uh, you know what? Let me go to uh, – I'm going to say the Seahawks. You know, I hate the fucking Seahawks. I just – Russell Wilson is just quarterback I can't fade. So, we'll go with the Seahawks. And I'm not going to say the Chiefs because – fuck the Chiefs. Titans. I like that. That's, a, that's probably what I was going to say. I think – People are going to undervalue them. I think they have a very good shot of literally doing what they did last year, which is just feed Derrick Henry. I know you're a big Derrick Henry guy. Um, I, I mean, early rankings. I don't know if you have your own rankings. Does he crack your top four? He's my five right now. Oh, yeah, easily. He's probably my five. I don't know. I think I actually did my rankings. He might actually have been my four, to be honest with you. I think I sent my rankings to O.J. Simpson one night. I DM'd him. Oh, there you and, go, for uh, sure. And he was my number four in there. So He's a beast. He's a beast. All right, so then that's your realistic one. Give me a – I don't even know if it's unrealistic, just like a fun one that you wish would happen, I guess. Well, minus the Broncos because we'll just, you know, obviously that's what I would want. Um, a fun one, I think, would be to see like a, a, a team that like came out of nowhere, like the Cardinals get in somehow, like a team that, you know, they were nothing last year. So like maybe like a, a Cardinals versus would have to be like, – I feel like Cardinals-Bills would be fun. Okay. I think like, that would be – be- for unrealistic, because it would never happen. Ever. The, the, the Bills are gaining a lot of, like, uh, J- Josh Allen, Super Bowl long shots and all that stuff. So, it's definitely – I don't I – mean, he was, like, one of the least accurate quarterbacks last year. I don't know where they pull a Super Bowl out of him, but definitely a division for sure. All righty. MVP, uh, do the same thing. Maybe give me a, a best value and then maybe, a, I don't know, just a fun one, like a Drew Locke or something like that. Best value – is Tom Brady easily because he hasn't won in a while. And if he goes to another team like he did and he plays just as well as he always has, then I think you're going to easily see him get it because they're going to be like, oh, look, he did it without Bill. Like, he's clearly the most valuable player. So Tom Brady smashed that one, especially if the Bucks have a winning record because they didn't have one with Jameis. Mm-hmm. So if that's like the difference right there, then damn, he is the MVP. Yeah, it's usually like uh, 10 or 11 wins, I think, is like the, the baseline, you could say. so. Yeah, I think he's the th- – if you're looking at like the odds, I think he's the third or fourth favorite. So, the odds are, you know, they're pretty good right now. And for like a fun one, uh, I mean, shit, I really want to say Derrick Henry. I want to say he goes for like – I want to say Derrick Henry rushes for 2,000 rushing yards this year. I want to say they completely just let him loose and go ballistic, and he rushes for 2,000 rushing yards and wins the MVP. What, but, so, like, realistically, like, what do you think – because a, a running back would have to do in, like, today's age to actually 
thousand rushing yards. Because the quarterback play would have to be like mediocre. Like we'd have to like see like I don't know what Russell Wilson puts up every year, which like he's always in the conversation, but he's like never the guy. So like two thousand rushing yards, I don't know, fifteen to twenty touchdowns. I guess I don't really know what the requirement would be. People would probably wouldn't vote him anyways if he. You'd was have up. to have double digit touchdowns, and I feel like the two thousand rushing yards is like yeah. I don't know. Maybe if they finally threw because like Chris Johnson, I think what I think what end what will end up happening is if that doesn't happen, they'd give him Offensive Player of the Year and not MVP, which is like mm-hmm. such a fucking cop out. But yeah, it's like here you go, second place. Like that's what they did with Chris Johnson. I'm pretty sure he didn't get the MVP, okay. but he got the Offensive Player of the Year. But it's like, is that right. what uh, McCaffrey got last year? Did he did he even get the Offensive Player of the Year? I think he got like everything though, uh, Christian McCaffrey. He got well. He didn't get MVP, obviously, because yeah. that was uh, Lamar. But uh, yeah, he probably got Offensive Player of the Year, stuff like all that. For sure. So, yeah, they I mean, don't give MVP to running backs. No, won't I mean, do it. maybe if they gave Derrick Henry a couple more screen passes a game, it might work out. You could say that. Maybe I, I don't know. I think he could definitely. <laughs> we see him. We, yeah, we see him catch the ball and go for eighty yards and a touchdown all the time. So. Offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. I mean, I guess Joe Burrow's the answer, but maybe maybe someone else. You think yeah, Joe Burrow's like the the answer because he's a quarterback. But if you want to like have fun, I like Jerry Judy. I think he's going to be the most productive rookie wide receiver, and the odds are pretty good on him right now. You can actually, it's like a good value because if Joe Burrow comes in, he throws up a stinker year one. You can't give him the MVP. So mm-hmm. get a, like last year, I think you could argue you could make the the argument that like AJ Brown or you know. I don't know who, maybe Terry McLaurin, one of those guys could have been the the offensive rookie of the year. Not Kyler Murray. So I think you could see like maybe a little shift this Jerry. I think he's the best wide receiver in the rookie class. So why wouldn't he win it out of all the other wide receivers? And then I think the other two, there's more than two quarterbacks, but the other two first rounders aren't even starters yet too. So there's definitely room to, maneuver there and I still think the Bengals aren't that great of a team anyway so definitely definitely yeah two is not gonna start week one so I don't see how he would have enough time to even win an award so yeah all right defensive rookie of the year this one's tough because I don't really know like who actually has better uh, position or I'm gonna go with Patrick Queen uh on the Ravens because the Ravens draft well every single year they just draft great players they know how to make their players, they don't get the best out of their players. They drafted a young uh, linebacker many years ago, or well, I don't know how many years ago. CJ Mosley, yeah, like five years ago, was arguably should have been the defensive player of the or defensive rookie of the year. And I believe Marcus Peters got it because he had like four interceptions in one game or whatever, and fucking just took everyone by surprise there. But I think it's the time for the Ravens to have their rookie of the year. They always have great defensive players. So, I mean, Patrick Queens, plus 1,200. Great value. Really, yeah, I mean, he's probably the main linebacker, so I'm missing anyone. Because that was, like, their biggest need last year. I can't even think of who's even yeah, plays linebacker for him. He'll step right in and be on the field. For sure. All righty. The final one, the top five teams. So, like, the one through five in the draft order for 2021. Uh, like, as in? Like, well, who do you think like will draft be? draft order, who's going to have the one to yeah, five? The, yeah, the first the – wor- the worst five records. All right. Um, well, like I said earlier, I think the Chargers are going to have a big stinker year. I think everyone thinks their roster is a lot better than it is. So 
Uh, do I have to go like one, two, three, four, five? Or oh, if, if you five? want or just five teams, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. I'll give you just five teams. Definitely going to be – I'm going to go with the Chargers. Oh, I want to say the Dolphins, but I feel like – yeah, the Dolphins. I have to like they're just they're, – they'll be there again, unfortunately. It's not, it's not their time yet. Jaguars, be a big stinker team. Um, let's see. The Bears, I feel like I'm picking like a lot of the obvious ones in the – Fuck. I don't know if I should go with the – I was debating between the Panthers and the and the Redskins here. But I kind of yeah, like so. the Redskins better. I think they have a lot more – I think Ron Rivera is a better coach. In town. I'll go with the Panthers. I think they're okay. going to stay. It's kind of weird because I think there's a lot of – like when you just like think about it, a lot of teams that like kind of just got a quarterback that they're going to now have to replace that quarterback. Like Teddy Bridgewater moves to the Panthers. They could easily go – Two and fourteen, three and thirteen. The Redskins are a good example. Um, Chargers are a good example. I don't think they would go quarterback again because obviously Herbert would need time to develop. I guess, but there's a lot of teams that will be up there that will have some interesting, interesting decisions I, I to make. I think what's what's going to happen is you're going to see one of those teams that doesn't need a quarterback end up with the first overall pick and fucking sell it for a boatload to whoever wants Trevor Lawrence because that's basically what it is. Yeah, so. I. I probably makes a lot of sense you could see like that on them i hate the whole patriots narrative i guess but if they're like 500 i definitely think they would sell the farm you could say for that but there's definitely a lot of teams that would need that for sure it's All crazy right. because of how, how it worked out for that like teams like the patriots too who just lost tom brady and could possibly end up landing trevor lawrence now yeah they literally kept their like whole core they're all mix of young and old and they might go seven and nine and have a top pick next year or something like that and it'll just be right back to uh Bill, Bill Belichick won his Super Bowls left and right, I guess. We, Disgusting. We don't hope for that. <laughs> All righty. Well, this has been awesome. I'm, I'm sure uh, this is a little bit better than Snacks yelling at you about Eli Manning or something like oh, that. I have so. a blast, man. Once it so, gets closer to the season, I think uh, we have a better idea. We should do something like this again. All right. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to recheck the Broncos status. So if you want right now, maybe just talk about your work at Big Dogs or Bakers and Locks. Or if you have anything that you want to plug real quick, you can do that. Oh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at animal underscore BDGE. I post a lot of random shit. Uh, a lot of – I'm in a bunch of fantasy leagues. I post about, you know, the drafts and whatever's going on. And then, uh, like you said, bagels and locks during the football season. In my man Snacks, we're giving you all the best picks for your football Sundays. And, uh, you know, we got the Fade the Public podcast every Friday. So check out the channel, you know, BDGE. It's actually Nick Ercolano on YouTube. And uh, that's it. All righty. Everybody, thank you for listening. Max, thanks for coming on, and we'll see you guys next time.